Cat Chats, a chat about cats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of I Let the Dogs Out podcast. I'm your host, Adriana. That is right, friends. Today is going to be a cat chat episode. Hooray! I hope that you're just as excited about this as I am. Uh, If you are not familiar with me already, again, my name is Adriana. I am a certified feline training and behavior specialist. I run Candor Cats, which is the cat portion of the Candor business umbrella. I've been on the show a couple of times as a guest speaker talking about some cat and dog related issues, and I'm going to be on the podcast a lot more. I've got a lot of things to say, and podcasts are really great ways to get information out there, so you're going to be hearing a lot more of me. And because you're going to be hearing a lot more of me, we thought that it would be a good idea to do a quick little introduction episode so that you can get a better idea of who I am, what I'm all about, and what exactly it is that I do and how I got here. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. Um, Before I get into it, just a little bit more information about me. I have two cats. One is a male cat named Guinness. He is black with a little teeny tiny patch of white and green eyes. At the time of recording, he is six years old. I've had him since he was one. And he is my big baby. And he is the one who launched a bunch of stuff for me. But we're going to get into that. My other cat is just over a year old. Her name is Tootsie. She is chocolate brown with a little bit of white. And she's an absolute gremlin. She's hilarious and funny. And having the two of them together just really shows how unique and different cat personalities can be. Because if you ask me, they are both perfect examples of cats, but they're completely different examples on their own. It's very fun. Um, In addition to that, I also have a five-year-old dog named Odie. He is a Norwegian elk hound mix. So he's a big fluffy guy, very fun to be around and he loves everybody he meets. Uh, Fun facts about me is that winter is one of my favorite seasons, which is great because I live in Winnipeg, where it is almost always winter. Um, I love hot chocolate and Halloween and obviously cats. But enough about that. Let's get to what you guys are actually here for. So like I mentioned, certified feline training and behavior specialist. I have just over six years of professional experience with cats, and then two years of just general experience with cats. And I've worked in both shelter and home capacities with cats and their people. So my primary job is at the Winnipeg Humane Society. I work at a couple of different departments in there. And that's where I have a lot of my shelter experience and, you know, home experience is self-explanatory. I primarily work with positive reinforcement and force and fear-free techniques for my cats. And I'm not just here to help with training and behavior modification, although that is a really big part of what I do. A lot of people don't realize that cats benefit from training just as much as dogs do. And behavior modification is honestly for any animal. There's so much that you can do with behavior modification to help your animals. There's fun little silly things that you can do for training with your animals. It's all enrichment in the end and it's all good to have. But yes, the majority of what I do is helping people through whatever issues it is that they're having with their cats. But 
I also work with people to help change their mindsets, their expectations, and their attitudes towards cats, as well as providing general information and education about cats. So things like helping people understand a little bit more about cat health. I have tips and tricks for making your cat's life the best possible life they can have for strengthening your relationship and, you know, just helping people get the most out of the bond that they've built with this weird and fantastic creature that they've brought into their home. So that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. If you've ever had dog training before, it's basically that, but with cats, we use clickers, we use treats, we work on enrichment, we work on meeting our animals' needs, and it's something that cats need just as much as dogs do. So you might be wondering, exactly how long, Adriana, have you been a crazy cat lady? And the answer is my whole life. Uh, cats have always been one of my favorite animals, but believe it or not, I did not grow up with cats. My middle brother is very allergic to cats and his allergies have gotten better over the years. But when we were younger, uh, when I was maybe from the age, like when I was born to four or five years old, we did have an absolutely wonderful cat named Cato. And I don't remember much about him from that time, but the stories my parents tell are absolutely hilarious. He was super chatty, very playful. He learned how to work his own wind-up toys so that he could play at three in the, three in the morning. Uh, he also loved to be vacuumed, which I think was fun. But unfortunately, my brother was showing some pretty serious reactions to him. So we had to rehome him, Cato, not my brother, to a family member. He lived with that family member until he was about 13 years old. He had a fantastic life, but that was kind of the most experience I had with cats. Um, if friends had cats, cool, I would hang out with them, but you know, it's not like you live at your friend's house 24 seven. So it would mostly just be if I saw a cat on the street or if I saw a cat in a house, I would hang out with them for a little bit, give them some pets, admire how pretty they were. And that's where things sat. So most of the interactions that I had with cats for the, you know, for my life up until my twenties was if a friend had a cat or if I saw a stray cat on the street, I would try to pet them, hang out with them and have a good time. It wasn't until I was 20 and moved in with a friend of mine that I got a taste of what living with a cat is actually like. So my roommate had an absolutely wonderful cat named Audrey. She was a black and white domestic short hair and she was everything that I could have expected a cat to be. She would greet me at the door when I came home from work. She always wanted to be nearby. She was constantly purring. Her meow was really raspy. She, she sounded like a pack-a-day smoker. It was hilarious. And I didn't really recognize exactly how much a cat brought into your life until my roommate and I parted ways and I moved in with my partner and suddenly I didn't have a cat anymore. And it was absolutely nuts for me not being able to have a cat around. And that's kind of when I realized like, okay, I really like cats a lot more than I expected to. I've got to do something about this. And I was maybe the most annoying that I've ever been in my life. My partner can attest to that because every question was answered. I want a cat. We need a cat. Let's get a cat. Let's get a cat. And it was just that drive to have a cat, I think, that really set me up for where I was going to go. So my experience and what brought me to doing feline behavior and training is 
two things that kind of went together hand in hand. And thing number one was my time volunteering and working in the shelter. So I started volunteering at the shelter because we weren't quite ready to have a cat yet. And my partner insisted, you know, hey, this will be a great way for you to get your fix. Look at that. He was right. But the other thing that goes along with it is Guinness. Guinness is the first ever cat that I have really had. Audrey, Audrey was not my cat. She was very much my roommate's cat and she was wonderful to me. But Guinness was my first time experiencing having a cat that was all mine, that I was living with in a home environment together. So working at the shelter has given me insight into the way that people perceive cats, their interactions with cats, misconceptions about cats, and the ways that education and information is out there about cats. And Guinness has taught me about everything that I've learned and how to put it into actual practice. So the the physical acts of training and behavior modification in action. So we'll start with my work in the shelter. I work in a variety of different departments in the Humane Society, and over the years, I've learned a lot. But it didn't take me very long to notice some patterns in the way that people interacted with and had expectations for cats. I saw that there were cats being surrendered into the shelter for things that could have been very easily addressed. I saw people that were devastated to bring their cats into the shelter because they just didn't have the information that they needed in order to change whatever needed to be changed. But then I also saw adopters that were having concerns and questions about things that were related to why a cat might have found themselves in the shelter. So I'll give you an example. Sometimes cats are brought into shelters because they've started peeing outside of their litter box. It's a fairly common occurrence. And unfortunately, some of the things that we would see is, well, I'm surrendering my cat because she's peeing outside of the litter box because she's mad at me for bringing home a puppy. Or every time I leave the house, my cat pees on my laundry and I hate that he does it and I can't put up with it anymore. On the flip side of that, we'd have adopters saying, hey, are these cats litter trained? Can you guarantee that they're litter trained? Because I don't want a cat that's going to get mad at me and just randomly pee for no reason. Or I don't want this cat to spray because he's angry at me. That's a really common misconception is that cats pee on your things or outside of their litter box because they're upset with you and seeking vengeance. Um, It's not. They do it because they're stressed or because something has changed and they just need a way to feel comforted. If you didn't know that, it's it's interesting to think about, right? The, the amount of time that I will tell people, like, I promise your cat isn't peeing on your bed because she's mad that you went on vacation. Your cat peed on your bed because she misses you and this is kind of her way of self-soothing. That's, that's a really big, like, whoa, ding, 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 light bulb moment for people. So some of the things that I was seeing is just people weren't recognizing that you know, the motivations and things that they think cats have aren't necessarily accurate. So I was able to pick up a lot of great information about cats from working at the Humane Society. I had so many resources at my fingertips. And because I wanted to make sure that I was doing a good job of matching people with the right cats and making sure that 
the cats were going to the best place they could because the people understood what their needs were. I was just back and forth all the time learning as much as I possibly could about them. And that's really helpful when working with people because sometimes it's really easy to get stuck in our own heads about what it is that we think is going on. And we might forget that, hey, maybe our cat needs something a little bit different than what we're looking for. Now, bringing Guinness into things, he was maybe the polar opposite of Audrey. He was very shy, very scared, very reluctant to interact with us. So why did I take him home? It was for exactly those reasons. When I met him in the shelter, he was just curled up into a, as tight of a ball as he could be, terrified, not wanting anyone to interact with him. And I spent time with him and I started to gain his trust. And there was one moment where I was just scratching his chin and he looked up at me into my eyes and I went, what? This is it. This is the cat that's coming home with me. And it was a little bit challenging at first because remember, I was used to a cat that was on my lap, constantly wanting to interact with me. And now I had a cat in my home that hid every time I entered into a room and didn't want to be held and never purred and never played and was constantly hiding. So that really made me apply the knowledge that I had learned. Okay, what do I do to keep a shy cat comfortable? What can I do to build his confidence? How can I help him feel comfortable and safe with me? It was also a lesson in learning to manage my own expectations. I had to be okay with the fact that I had a cat that would likely never meet my parents or a cat that would need to be put away. And, you know, I would have to set a hard boundary in place with my friends. Please don't go into the room and bother my cat. He's going to be stressed out. And in doing that, I learned so much more about how to use positive reinforcement and behavior modification to change the way that he felt when visitors came over, to change how safe he felt around me. I learned about play being a confidence builder and clicker training being a confidence builder. And the difference that I see in him as the cat that I brought home six years ago compared to the cat I have today, who came out of his hiding place all on his own to grab some affection from my mom, a person that he has only met a handful of times, is wild and it's so worth it. And I'm completely fine with him being a cat that doesn't want to hang out with my friends. But it's really nice to see that there's been a little bit of progress there too. So seeing what I was seeing at the shelter and seeing what I was seeing with Guinness, I had a lot of information that I was able to give at the drop of a hat. If I had a friend say, hey, I'm having this issue with my cat, I would be able to say, oh, try this, this, and this. And if you're having trouble with it, let me know and I'll send you a video of me demonstrating it with Guinness. And soon it wasn't just my friends and family that were asking for advice. It was other workers at the shelter saying, hey, this person has a question. Can you come answer it for them? It was friends of friends saying, hey, so-and-so told me about you. I was wondering if you could help me out with this. And I realized that there are a lot of people out there that want to do the best thing for their cat. They just don't know where to start. They don't know that there's information out there about cats the same way that there is about dogs. There isn't nearly as much of the information as there is about dogs, but it is out there. People just don't know how to look. They don't know how to change their mindset sometimes. And that's something that an external person, i.e. me, can do. 
So I started thinking a little bit more, well, what would happen if I were to turn this into something? Like, what if I could be sort of like Jackson Galaxy, who at the time was the only cat person that I had seen? Since then, I've met so many wonderful, wonderful cat behavior consultants, and there's a great network of them out there, but it was hard to find them. So I wanted to know, what could I do to help make people's relationships with their cats stronger, to help people keep their cats in their homes and happy so that they're not coming into the shelter, and do it in a way so that people know that I'm there? And that's where Jamie comes into things. Jamie and I had met at the Humane Society. I got to know her just after she had adopted Carter, the dog that started it all for her, um, but a little bit before she had started Candor Canine Co. Um, our interactions were nice. Jamie's great. I love her to bits and pieces. She helped me with training for my dog, which was great. And then one day, she said, well, she hadn't said, she posted on Facebook, I think, hey, do I know anyone who has information about cats? Just thinking of a few things. So I reached out and said, hey, I actually have a lot of information in my brain about cats and a lot of stuff that I'd love to share with people. Maybe we can work together on this. And she took that idea and flew with it the amazing entrepreneur that she is, she set up everything that was needed for the business and got me rolling. And that's how Candor Cats was born. And initially Candor Cats started pretty slowly. It was a, you know, a couple of clients here and there, but I realized pretty quickly that there were going to be bigger problems that I was going to have to work on with people that I wasn't quite ready for. But I wanted to be ready to take those on. So I decided that I was going to go ahead and get an official certification. Training is not a regulated industry in the animal world. We, we know this with dogs. So I wanted to make sure that I was going to be giving good information. And I wanted to make sure that my education was more well-rounded than what it currently was, which was a lot of self-done research and self-done education. Nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to make sure that people who were coming to me were going to be getting the absolute best. So I enrolled in the Animal Behavior Institute and I did their certification, which is why I have all those fancy letters after my name. And it was so, so helpful for me because not only did I now have this own lived experience and anecdotal information, I learned so much more. I learned all about feline history, feline physiology, health, nutrition, and all of these little bits and pieces that really come together in helping people out with whatever cat things they may be experiencing. And through that, I also found a network of people that were also doing the exact same thing that I was that wanted to help people and cats in their community. I was able to find mentors. I was able to find way more places for research. I was able to find communities of other people like the International Association of Behavior Associates and the Pet Professional Guild. They always offer continuing education, which I love to take part in. We love to see everything growing. So that's how we got to where we are. And, you know, 
I like to think that I've got a lot of fun things to talk about with cats. I like to think that I've got a lot of information and that I can do good in the community. And for the two years that Candor Cats has been running, I feel like we've done a really good job so far. So that's it about me. Now you know a little bit more about who I am, how I got started, what my education is like. And I'm so excited to continue these cat chats with everybody because we're not just here to talk about feline issues. We're here to help you change your mindsets. We're here to offer things to you that you can provide for your cats to help strengthen your relationship. And we're also here to talk about things like cat welfare and things that you might not realize are impacting your relationships with your cats. So we're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about the issues. We're going to talk about the fun and we're going to talk about the funky that is everything for me today. Thank you so, so much for listening. I am looking forward to sharing more episodes and information with you soon. Have a lovely rest of your day or night or morning, whatever time you are listening to this. Kiss your animals for me and we will see you next episode. Bye. everybody that's it that's all another episode has officially been listened to thank you so much to adriana for coming on we're so excited for cat chats to become a more regular thing and start bringing to light the amazing world of feline behavior and training so if you guys liked what you heard today please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening if you don't already follow us on instagram give us a follow at i let the dogs out podcast you can follow adriana at candor cats and you can follow my training journey at candor Co. We'll see you guys next time.